0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer
1: flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knudsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, If you know me, and you do,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know that I'm working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll- That one Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
1: mm. It's all got to go now.
0: Well, this ad actually is kind of about that Pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear; it's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the Lounge collection, featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get twenty percent off your first order plus free shipping at meundiescom roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort from the outside in. It's the Game
2: of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses.
1: Especially my fiance, Zach Clark,
0: because I wouldn't be with him unless this show happened. Um, but also, everybody else in production, you guys are like my family. So, thank you. And I don't
1: know, love wins. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Roses, this is pace case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues, and today is Thursday, so you know what that means. You're going to get a little bit of this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to issue screams from the pit. We're going to give you parasocial plays of the week. We're going to give you that Bachelor Nation news. Mm. And before we do any of that, we're, of course, going to give you our state of the world. But even before that, we have to issue a correction. (laughs) On Tuesday's episode, I mistakenly said that Clay Harbor was dating Bibiana Julian, but Harbor was on season six of Bachelor of Paradise. Julian was on season five. Harbor was actually involved with Nicole Lopez Alvar. My apologies to all parties involved and to everyone listening.
1: I accept your apology.
0: Thank you very much. Now, with that said, let's move on to Game of Roses State
1: of the World. So, our State of the World last week was a bit of a present to me. And now, we're giving a little present to Clues. <laughs> okay, first of all, <laughs> this is
0: not a present to me. I like how you think UFOs are a present to me. UFOs are a yes, present to are. all of humanity.
1: Spoiler, it's about UFOs, and it's a present to clues.
0: <laughs> well, call it a present to me if you want, it's, but...
1: It's a present. I'm, listed, I'm lifting the moratorium on aliens.
0: So is the United <laughs> States government. This past week on Sunday, 60 Minutes, you may have heard of it. It's a very long-running news program on CBS. They did an mm. entire segment on UFOs. It included interviews with many of the people who have been involved in all of the big news that's come out in the last three years the guy who ran a tip which was the government program assigned to investigate ufos a couple of the pilots who have actually seen ufos like five feet away from their cockpits various ufo experts and it was worth watching for two things one mm-hmm. the tone of this piece was in classic 60 minutes condescending piece of shit tone. Now you're telling me UFOs are real. And then the guy who headed a tip was like, no, I'm not telling you UFOs are real. The United States government is the Pentagon is the Navy is and the DOD is that's no longer an argument that was said in this UF in this uh, 60 minutes UFO piece, which I loved Mm -hmm. when that dude said that because he's accurate. It's not like crackpots are out there saying UFOs are real, UFOs are real. This is the United States government at every level is now saying it. Marco Rubio, a sitting senator, is in this uh, 60 Minutes piece saying UFOs are real and they need to be investigated.
1: say no more. The Rube is on board. I'm on board.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not just Marco Rubio, though. He was the one in the 60 Minutes piece. But there are a bunch of senators, bipartisan as well. There are many Democratic senators as well who uh, have been briefed on UFOs, say they're real. No, they're real, et cetera, et cetera. So this 60 minutes piece, the thing that I really took away from it is not that UFOs are real. We've known that for some time now. That's like not even worth having a discussion about because it's simply (laughs) fact. Okay. The thing that was most interesting to me about it is there was the use of a single word multiple times in this 14 minute piece. The word was "threat." The guy who ran mm. ATIP was like, "We don't know what these things are, but if they're in our airspace, that's a threat." In quotes, "Our airspace," by the way, as if that is even a thing that really exists." Marco so this Rubio is said, all
1: "threat: a ploy in order to get more military funding for space force."
0: Well, for all military, but yeah, I think so. I think the narrative that you're about to see happen... By the way, the reason that the 60 Minutes piece even happened is because in June, uh, all government offices are obligated legally to reveal what they know about UFOs. That was written into Mm -hmm. a bill that was passed back in January. So The Ides of June? The Ides of June. That is about to happen, and so kind of UFO mania, if you will, is starting to ramp up and you're seeing major news organizations like 60 Minutes cover it. But this idea that UFOs are a threat in any way to humanity is obviously fucking preposterous. They have been here since 1947, at least per our modern record. Who the fuck knows how long they've actually been here. But they've been surveilling us, flying around in our skies, flying next to commercial airlines, flying next to military jets, Hovering over nuclear facilities, all kinds of shit. And they've done nothing to harm us. Literally taken no offensive action toward us at all. They are not a threat. But the government is now going to position them as such in order to drum up enough fear that we start to elect Warhawk style Republican Mm -hmm. Congress people who will just flood money into the Department of Defense of the Pentagon.
1: Wow. Doesn't sound like good news
0: that part of it is not but i am still hopeful that the attitude of most people i think regarding ufos is still like whatever i don't give a shit unidentified doesn't mean alien okay Mm -hmm. let's go down that path sure it's not alien it's just technology that's so advanced the united states government doesn't know what the fuck it is and if it's not alien, that means China or Russia or somebody else has technology that we perceive as magic. That's not great.
1: It's the nation. <laughs> Bachelor Nation created UFOs. Bachelor Nation That's, has its own military now. <laughs> yeah. Dark Lord Harrison
0: side project. He's, he's fucking creating UFOs. I don't think that's it. I think it's alien in nature. <laughs> or, or it could even be from within the earth. Because UFOs, there are videos of them going into the sea as well. It could be mm. like Jim Cameron's movie from the 90s, The Abyss. Core. Yeah, it could be like that there's a highly evolved species that we're just unaware of that lives somewhere at the bottom of the ocean. And they've been you able to what? create this technology.
1: I saw my first movie in a theater um, in an, over a year and it was godzilla versus king kong and according oh. to the science in that movie there is a world at our core that has all these creatures in it mm-hmm. maybe it could be something like that
0: i mean i don't know if there are creatures living in the core of the earth i think that science is settled <laughs>
1: um, i don't know have you seen this movie Very yes convincing. i have i
0: have seen this movie um look UFOs are real that is is simply the facts now, obviously King Kong, godzilla, are science fiction fantasy movies. UFOs are one hundred percent real as corroborated by the United States government, and many other governments too. It's not just us. every world government at this point has had encounters with UFOs, many of these governments, including like uh, the u k for example, their UFO information is all pretty public, and you can read. All of these, I mean, some of these encounters are fucking crazy. There's one that happened on an Air Force base. Are they seeing
1: creatures or are we just seeing mostly like vehicle type things?
0: This depends on how far down this rabbit hole you want to go. The vehicle stuff is all corroborated right now by all government agencies. There are stories, though, of aliens, like creatures, and Mm -hmm. I don't know where the line is stops because if we're now through a certain threshold that's like the government has lied to us for 75 years about this they have actively discredited people that say they've seen ufos in some cases so detrimentally that it destroyed people's lives that was Mm. all lies ufos now the government says are in fact real so if they're willing to move the needle that far back that the basic premise of the existence of ufos they are now doing a 180 on How much of the other shit that they said is not true is true? I don't know. But the crafts definitely are real. And there are eyewitness accounts of U.S. military personnel. These guys are all on video that this thing happened. I believe this was in the 80s at a U.S. Air Force base in England. A UFO landed. Three guys went out to inspect it. One of the guys put his hand on it, touched the fucking UFO, and was able to do drawings of... Symbols that were like etched into the side of it. This is a three US military personnel were all there simultaneously, have the exact same story, corroborate each other's claims. There's all kinds of uh, corroborated claims of like UFOs rendering nuclear missiles inert at Titan missile silos here in the United States. All kinds of crazy shit. And I'm like, eh, some of that has to be true. But we're on the precipice of some very interesting shit happening in so- June, hopefully.
1: What do you think is is most likely? Aliens. That it's aliens. You think that's more likely than China or Russia or something?
0: Absolutely. If for no other reason than this, if it was China or Russia, the existence of that technology would have already been used to say China is a threat, Russia is a threat. Pump our military. We they need to build more bombs. It. Well, or it would have like initiated a kind of. Uh, A known Cold War. There is some speculation that like UFO technology is in the hands of all governments and everybody's trying to reverse engineer it simultaneously. And whoever can do that first basically controls the world. So there is some idea that maybe there's a cold war in terms of figuring out how these things work.
1: This just seems like so much organization and I just with a lot of these things I just don't believe in conspiracies because it it just takes a lot of work and organization and all these people's stories matching up etc it just feels unlikely to me no but
0: the conspiracy doesn't work I mean the, the only thing the conspiracy is good for in terms of keeping it quiet is discrediting people thousands of people have said, I've seen a UFO, including military, scientists, all this shit. Nobody's keeping the secret. It's just that Mm -hmm. when they say it, the U.S. government is like, that person's crazy, revoke all their shit, fuck their life. They can do that, but they can't keep it a secret. There's fucking videos of it. And now they're not even trying to keep it a secret. They're actively saying these are UFOs. They have to have some purpose for that.
1: I mean, the military agenda seems likely. I think
0: for sure. But I also think it's absurd to view the universe as we know it and think there's nothing else out there. And then if you take that leap, there are... For the record,
1: I don't... I think there definitely is life on other planets and stuff. I think that seems likely to me. But the likelihood of us encountering that life and being able to interact with it seems very low.
0: I think it seems incredibly high. Imagine all the life forms that exist on planet Earth that we have cataloged come in contact with and now just kind of extrapolate that out to a universal scale and our ability to traverse the globe can be potentially as easy for an alien to do in the universe. And if they find like, oh, here's a planet with sentient life on it, of course, they're going to come here and at least check it out. Just like Jane Goodall went into the forest and lived with fucking chimpanzees.
1: I mean, I think that there is life, but it seems... You have to have so many different circumstances to line up to even get that, that for them to be on the same technological plane so that we can like observe and interact with them when they have space travel, t- space travel technology, it seems unlikely to me. Like,
0: I think it seems incredibly likely. Let me ask you this. You believe there are aliens, Mm -hmm. like sentient, intelligent beings somewhere in the earth? I believe there is
1: some sort of life somewhere. Yeah.
0: But that we may be the only sentient? Do you think we're the most technologically advanced civilization in the universe?
1: No, but I think for it to line up, it's either something so much below us or so much more advanced than us. Mm -hmm. For it to be similar so that we can interact that they would even want to interact with us seems unlikely. Like, I think if they're space traveling, they don't want to talk to us. They're so much smarter.
0: They're not really talking to us. They're just showing up and, like, taking pictures of us. That's what I'm
1: saying. I don't think we're going to interact with an alien.
0: Yeah, that's totally possible. I mean, beyond the kind of circumstantial interaction.
1: To me, interacting with an alien, being able to communicate, would be, I guess... I identify with the people where they're like, eh, with these stories. Because I'm like, it's not going to affect my life. We're not going to learn anything.
0: But even if you just knew fundamentally, like let's say you never interact with an alien, no human being ever does. But we have conclusive proof. There's video, photos, whatever. And it's like, there's fucking UFOs. They are coming here all the time. You don't think that would drastically shift the fundamental nature of humanity? One of the biggest questions we've had since the dawn of consciousness, are we alone? Now it's answered. No, we are fucking not. That has no effect on you? I think that's
1: answered if I see an alien. Yeah, a creature.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's about to happen in June. I don't know that you're going to mm. see a creature, but I think you're going to see creature. some... I don't know if they can, Clues. but I think you're going to see some... Show me a see creature some...
1: strutting their stuff. <laughs> then I'll if believe there's it. A, <laughs> if there's
0: an alien image, that will definitely be Creature of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, I just thought that it was the 60 Minutes piece was a an interesting addition to this kind of mounting movement toward exposing what the U.S. government knows and has known about UFOs for a very long time. And it's also going to ask us or it's also going to force us to pose the question, how much is the government lying about? We know our government lies mm-hmm. to us about virtually everything at all times. The fact that they have lied to us for 75 years about this and destroyed people's lives over it. Will that have and any effect on us? To
1: us about the pandemic,
0: <laughs> right? Pandemic is next, but we will see what's going to happen in the coming weeks as more information about UFOs comes out, and then, of course, into June, which is month of the alien. So stay tuned. Well,
1: I am very happy for you. At least this seems like a happy moment for you.
0: Totally. And you might be asking yourself, they're talking about UFOs and aliens and shit. What is all this about? I thought this was a Bachelor podcast. It is. Let me tell you how these (laughs) alien friends of ours are going to affect the nation. Once alien confirmation is made, once it is Mm -hmm. crystal clear, a video, a photo, whatever, we are very likely going to see the first alien themed group or one-on-one date in the very (laughs) next season of bachelor or bachelorette i can fucking guarantee you they had people dressed up as squirrels on matt james season they're gonna have some motherfuckers dressed up as aliens coming right up
1: wait where is roswell is it near thurston's shooting site
0: Shit, I don't know. Maybe they got to jump on it. They're gonna have them go out to Roswell, New Mexico. They're gonna have them do the storm I area totally fifty-one. See
1: that being a group date, little alien tots.
0: Or maybe they'll even see a UFO on a little group date out maybe. in the night in the New Mexico maybe. desert night. The glittering stars and the glittering they'll UFOs.
1: In like they did when they go to haunted houses, <laughs> <laughs> and they put like lightning in the sky and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: But that is our state of the world for this week. Thank you for your indulgence. And we look forward to delivering more UFO news as it unfolds. But now it is time to delve into some news that has nothing to do, or at least very little to do with aliens. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro, FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: This is...
1: Bachelor Nation News. Our beloved game itself tops the news this week. The Bachelorette won an MTV Movie and TV Award for Best Dating Show, beating out 90 Day Fiance, X on the Beach, and Love is Blind. Notably missing from the nominees was Fox's Labor of Love. (laughs) Snubbed. This was the first time MTV held an unscripted awards, and Tasha Adams was there to give the acceptance speech, which included a shout-out to her ring winner, Zach Clark, which you heard up top. Other Bachelor luminaries were also in attendance at the event, including the undisputed greatest <laughs> You fucker. <laughs> Undisputed greatest player of all time, bar none, with the most total screen time, most total roses, most total kisses, several roles as an actor on network TV shows, and currently the only player in history with his own podcast network, Nick Vial. (laughs) The GOAT was in attendance with his girlfriend, Natalie Joy. As with all awards shows, the MTV, movie, and T V awards have slid in both ratings and influence. But a win is a win, nonetheless, and it's always good to see our beloved game getting the recognition it deserves. Couldn't agree with you
0: more on all points. Wow.
1: Felt the personal attack in the writing of this one. <laughs> you couldn't agree with me more. Great. Uh this I mean, this does not bode well for Baylock Eye's dark promise that the show is ending if they're winning this award.
0: Totally agree. Like, I don't, you know, the MTV TV movie awards, whatever, is it really culturally relevant anymore? No. It's like, you know, some people watch it, some people don't. But this award was given and The Bachelorette won Mm -hmm. it. So at the very least, whatever metrics they're using to give out these awards, if it's popularity, if it's, you know, who, who knows? The Bachelorette won it. Like, that's all there is to it. They still are relevant, even in whatever this award thing might be.
1: Yeah. How do they vote on this?
0: I have no idea. Instagram? No idea. Literally none. But we won. Congratulations to all of us. This Mm -hmm. is an award we all get to partake in. Speaking of recognition, it seems that this week has solidified an East Coast versus West Coast rivalry that is brewing within the nation. For the past few months, countless players from the most recent seasons of our beloved game have been flocking to the Big Apple to form social media groups and launch podcasts. It seemed as though the West Coast was being left behind, but the upcoming Bachelorette, Katie Thurston, had something to say about that as she mounted a whirlwind tour of San Diego that produced a tidal wave of social media posts featuring the likes of Tammy Lye, Alana Milne, Sarah Trott, Cassandra Suarez, and Nick, Chris Conran, Marilyn Siena, and even the Journeyman chris bukowski <laughs> he is still finding ways to remain relevant and a big shout out from gore to fellow bachelor journalist brett vergara who was also featured heavily in this SoCal so shall media blitz which coast will hold more sway as the nation moves into the professional era time will tell
1: this is huge for brett vergara i couldn't believe these posts very happy for him
0: he was all over it. He was killing Astounding. it. He's in the circle. If you circle. were
1: a player, Play of the Week, Brett. It was incredible.
0: He's the only non-player featured in these giant group photos with all these other players, including Hall of Fame nominee Chris Bukowski.
2: <laughs> I couldn't I like fucking believe he was in these pictures.
0: Yeah, well, he is. He's just been around forever doing all this shit, and it's like, how is he popping up in a picture with the most recent Bachelorette.
1: How is it he there? It does seem like a random assortment of players. We got Wolverine in there. I'm also just astounded because, I mean, we're going to say we're astounded by Katie Thurston's social media every week. I'm pretty sure at this point. But have we ever seen an incoming crown partying with other members of Bachelor Nation right before their season? I feel like no.
2: Never. Never.
0: Never. <laughs> When the incoming crown is in this weird couple month period after their season has shot and before it starts airing, the show is doing all the promotion. They're doing like a few posts that are show approved. In many cases, they're show created like uh, little shots from the show or like the promos and stuff. This mm-hmm. shit is something else. She's just doing what she wants, posting constantly. I mean, this tour that she did to San Diego. Do you think it's of a
1: contract? Like No,
0: I don't. I think, Mm. this is just what I think. This is my own personal opinion based Mm. on what I'm seeing. I think the show is loosening up a little bit. I think they're seeing how to use social media finally. I mean, Mm. 10 years too late, but they're starting to let the players utilize social media in a way that's going to be beneficial to the show. They're finally starting to realize like, oh, if we don't completely clamp down on their social media and actually let them do shit, it'll generate more interest. Isn't that crazy? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, the San Diego SoCal social, love that, media blitz. Incredible. Speaking of holding sway in the nation... Reigning Instagram champion Hannah Brown launched a collab with fashion brand Show Me Your Moo Moo this week. The collection includes tropical print, pajama sets and robes, a sweater, a romper, t-shirt, shorts, tank tops, and trucker hats. Brown launched a blitz of Instagram main grid posts Reels and stories to promote her new fashion line, and her boyfriend Adam Woolard even got in on the action with a cameo in one of the images promoting the Almost Paradise PJ set. With 2.6 million Instagram followers, we predict a lot of moo moo money coming her way in the near future. Congrats to Hannah Beast on her first fashion line. I don't know if
0: we've ever seen anything like this. I know Caitlin Bristow has her scrunchies, and every once in a while, you'll see a little collaboration. We know Lauren Leondike obviously has Leindyke, her, her own fashion line, but that's a different thing. That's her own company. This is a fashion brand that already exists coming to Hannah and saying, hey, we want to do a line with you that has many different items and have mm-hmm. you promote it and all this kind of stuff. It was interesting to see this to me because she also has been like, Not necessarily quiet in her post-crown reign. Obviously, she's done some stuff and she has her YouTube channel and all that. But this was like what seemed like her first real big business attempt.
1: Yes. She's been definitely... It's been sparse posting and even not that much SpawnCon, to be honest. So seeing this, I was like, whoa, this is a pivot.
0: But we wish her luck and congratulate her on this business endeavor. I think it's going to be very... successful probably already is by the time we post this uh podcast speaking of congratulations it's engagement season in the nation and congratulations are in order for three ex players sydney hightower from season 24 of the bachelor was engaged to san francisco 49ers star linebacker fred warner this week, Sarah Heron from season 17, that's Sean Lowe, was engaged to travel photographer Dylan Brown and one half of the Ferguson sisters from season 20, Ben Higgins. Haley Ferguson was engaged to Swedish hockey league forward Ula Polve. All of the brides-to-be took to Instagram to show off their new sparklers, and Ferguson even posted a photo with her twin sister, Emily, both displaying their shining diamond rings. Emily was engaged to NHL hockey player William Carlson back in December of last year. This is the most engagements in a single week that we here at Gore can remember, and we wish all of the happy couples good fortune in the years to come.
1: Speaking of happy couples, Jade and Tanner Tolbert made headlines this week. Literally. As we were scrolling through our daily dose of Bachelor coverage last Friday, a bold headline caught our eye in Us Weekly. Jade Roper and Tana Tolbert are, quote, using condoms for the first time in years. He's getting a vasectomy. The article outlines their birth control choices, family planning techniques, and other intimate details about the Tolbert household. Condoms have taken center stage in our beloved game in the hometowns of season 15 of The Bachelorette when Hannah Brown found one of the prophylactic devices in Peter Weber's car. And then again in season 24 of The Bachelor, Kylie Ramos pulled a Kringle limo exit that included gifting Bachelor Peter Weber a 12 pack of condoms. This is the first time, to our knowledge, that they have been included in a headline in one of the most prominent bachelor publications in the world. It is interesting to me to that that is an article of news. They're using condoms.
0: When I saw this, I was like, "Wait a second! What are we doing here? What is bachelor <laughs> what journalism?" <are> we doing? <laughs> you know, because uh, I feel like I know what we do. We cover it as a sport, and even when we're talking about Bachelor Nation news, like it's not. All gameplay. We're talking about the things that they're posting on Instagram. We're talking about the like the mm-hmm. MTV Movie Awards, the various yeah, kind the bigger of like
1: game Instagram, yeah,
0: the bigger game, right? Yeah. But we're talking about the events of the the game, the world, the nation, if you will. And then mm. I look over Us Weekly, and Us Weekly is I would say it's like the paper of record for our beloved game. Maybe it's People, mm-hmm. but like between Us Weekly and People, really, those are the The real kind of like things that cover everything, uh, in terms of what's going on, they don't ever get into producer manipulation, all that kind of shit. But like the surface shit, the things that are promoted by the show that people want you to know about,
2: and
1: and in early seasons, the Us Weekly cover was one of the prizes of being the ring winner.
0: Yeah, and now it's Cosmo. Cosmo is is another kind of bachelor main staple, but I saw this headline i was just like what in the hell is going on here is this bachelor journalism (laughs) i know that it's talking about like family planning and jade and tanner tolbert are definitely like a bachelor family and they were one of the Mm -hmm. first successful ones and we just did a whole thing on our patreon about bachelor babies and who has the biggest instagram following and their kids are in that list so i know that that's like an important piece of their identity in terms of who they are within the nation but this headline just to me was (laughs) It was like, I don't need to really know this. Does anyone?
1: (laughs) I mean, I was looking at one of the front pages of CNN.com, and it was talking about Nick Jonas is recovering from a bicycle accident. That was one of the headlines, and I saw that consistently across several news websites. I was like, this is what we're doing now.
0: Right, but I mean, that is, he's at least a giant global celebrity. and. But sure, uh, his every move might be news, at least in an entertainment capacity. I didn't quite understand this one, <laughs> that they're using condoms. That's news. Worthy of an article.
1: <sighs> and now we're talking about it. Think, We've made it a I mean, news piece now as well. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it in the babies episode of like fertility journeys are becoming bigger and bigger. More people are talking about it. I think they get a lot of clicks. I clicked Boy, it. I read the whole fucking thing. You clicked it. Well, you'll click anything. <laughs> anything that has
0: a bachelor Clickbait
1: in it. champion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, shit. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Worth noting that we're in this phase now of Bachelor Nation coverage where this is a headline in one of the major Bachelor coverage newspapers or magazines, whatever you want to call it. I view them as like newspapers. I literally view them as like the New York Times and shit. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> anyway, congrats like the to New the New York Tolbert.
1: Times said Jaden and Tanner are using condoms now. Can you believe it?
0: We ain't that far from that.
1: I, I know. I told you this was on CNN's, probably their entertainment subheading, but still, well, the the bicycle thing. Yeah, I I underestimated how big Nick Jonas is.
0: Nonetheless, congrats to the Tolberts on everything they do, with or without a condom. Speaking of players protecting themselves, uh, Jed Wyatt (laughs) is in the news this week. The first episode of Jed Talks, the long-awaited podcast from *Bachelorette* season 15 ring winner, is finally here. The one-hour, 45-minute inaugural offering was primarily a conversation with Jackie Lee, a musician with 28,000 Instagram followers. But Wyatt devoted the first five minutes of the episode to an explanation about why the podcast premiere was delayed for over a month. Wyatt explained that just before his original release date of a premiere episode that he promoted as a revelation about the truth of his time in game, he was threatened with a lawsuit. In careful language, never using the words producers, ABC, or The Bachelor, Wyatt goes on to describe the decision he made to avoid a lengthy court battle in favor of enjoying his life and his relationship with fitness trainer, Ellen Decker, who has 65.9 thousand Instagram followers. He maintains that he has never cheated on anyone, including Hannah Brown and Haley Stevens, the woman Jed was involved with immediately before his appearance in game. Wyatt wraps up his five minute explanation segment by saying he hopes that one day the full truth can come out. And obviously he has something that can, in quotes, throw a wrench in the whole franchise. If the producers are willing to take such drastic measures to silence him. Jed Talks is available anywhere you get your podcasts. We wish Wyatt well in his endeavor to carve space out of the increasingly crowded Bachelor podcast universe, and we sincerely hope that eventually the truth does come out.
1: I got to hear about this wrench.
0: As do I. I mean, he announced Jed Talks over a month ago, and we were all real excited for it, and then it Mm -hmm. just never came out. And it has taken this long to get this first episode, and there's no mention of whatever it was. I would assume he has actually recorded the original first episode that does have the wrench in it. And that's well, just like, somewhere the on a hard drive. How did the producers even
1: know what was in that episode to threaten him?
0: Well, well. I think when he was promoting it... He said, I'm have. i going to tell the truth about what happened on the show. And they were like, no, you're not. We don't deal in the truth.
1: Send him a tea contract.
0: Yeah. You signed a contract that said we can lie as much as we want, and you can never tell the truth. So we're going to sue you now. That to me, though, at least the tone of what he's saying in this, it sounds like whatever they fucking did to him was dirty as shit and if it gets out at least the way he positioned it it could destroy the show
1: what what does
0: throw a wrench in the whole show mean throw a wrench in the franchise
1: i've thought of a loophole he can do Mm -hmm. create a jingle about the wrench
0: i'll be your mr wrench girl be like
1: i encountered this beast And Mm -hmm. then I had a secret fight with this dog dollhouse creator. You Mm -hmm. never say the names, but we know.
0: My guess is this: he didn't cheat on Hannah Brown. He didn't cheat on his ex girlfriend. Maybe it was the breakup was like a little close to his time coming into the game, and I think the producers drummed up all of that shit, and told Hannah Brown, he's cheating on you. Look, here's this. All this shit's coming up in Us Weekly, People Magazine. And the, the show is like promoting those stories, obviously. This is my guess. And then he just gets shit on. He gets turned into the villain of the season, kicked out, dismissed. He is excommunicated from the nation. And I think it was very likely all manufactured by producers to just destroy his life.
1: But why would they want that? Why wouldn't they just want a happy engagement?
0: I don't know if you've seen The Bachelor. <laughs> they don't like happiness. Their entire purpose is to cause nervous breakdowns. An ending they like want that,
1: a happy couple, they they do anything they, they can to have a couple. And the after the final rose,
0: yeah, but it's it's after all of this trauma. They need a big, explosive, traumatic moment in every season. Mm. It's Colton's fence jump. It's bring her home to us in that season. Mm. It was this. It was this ring doesn't mean what it meant when you gave it, it to was me.
1: Patty. Love isn't enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, shit, was that it? Or was it? I mean, the whole season of last season, 25, was nothing but like traumatic moment, traumatic moment, traumatic to. moment. I firmly believe that something like that happened. That they manufactured Jedwight's destruction and he is going to come clean about it all, but now he can't.
1: But didn't Haley do interviews and stuff? What, she's on the take?
0: I don't know what to believe. I just know that whatever he was about to say, the producers found it detrimental enough that they were like, "We will sue you into oblivion. Shut the fuck up." That can't be nothing.
1: I think they just do that to everyone. I don't know. And I also like don't like his prediction like that it would ruin the whole show. I don't know. It seems unlikely.
0: I don't know either, but these players are out there. And it's a growing group of players who have dirt on the producers and want to say shit. Even PP was going to have his Ides of March, and that wound up never happening. He has information about how they sabotaged his relationships. with On his season, a variety of different players that he had relationships (laughs) with, and they ruined them all. And then he had to try and repair the one with Kelly Flanagan after the fucking season. Clearly, the producers destroyed that one. We saw that play out on camera. Yeah. They were cutting together lines she never said, derogatory things yeah. about the other players that she never said, giving her a villain edit. So I don't know. I you know If you're a ring winner, you have somehow made your way through all 10 rounds of that game, and I don't think you do that easily. In most cases, no. sometimes it happens. Catherine GDG, Sean Lowe, sure. But in the case of Hannah Brown's season, clearly... It was at a cost, and that cost wound up being his life for that year.
1: Well, I wish all the best of luck to TED Talks.
0: I do too. Everybody go take a listen if you can.
1: And our final two pieces of news involve the upcoming season 17 of The Bachelorette. In the last few weeks before the premiere episode, we are inundated with promos on an almost daily basis. The latest offering features brief introductions of the players from season 17, as well as some shots from the season. We get plenty of kissing, a few limo exits, and, in what we believe is a first, a player we could not recognize pulls off a reverse hooju on a group date by sprinting to Thurston before any of the other players, wrapping his arms around her, lifting her up, and pulling her into a hooju. This is a high-level professional move. We can only assume this player is in the pit. We cannot wait to analyze this stunning move as it happens in season.
0: I rewound this. I can't get a good look at this player's face. I couldn't identify <laughs> him. But I was just like, holy shit. This is was it Blake lit- Moyes? It is not Blake Moyes. <laughs> that much I can guarantee you. But he basically is doing what Katie Thurston did on season 25. On Mm -hmm. one of those group dates where she sprints ahead of the pack to do a hooju, he's doing it to her. He kind of comes to her, bear hugs her, picks her up, and then he bends back a little bit, which forces her momentum to kind of shift onto him, and her legs just naturally go into hooju pose. This is fucking brilliant. I cannot wait for this season. We're seeing even in just the fucking promos, we're seeing levels of play that I don't think we've ever seen a reverse hooju like this. Not on a group date. Definitely, it's happened on some one-on-ones, usually with The Bachelor running to a player. But uh, I ain't seen nothing like this.
1: I am so excited for the pit era, which I'm predicting happens, where every single player is in the pit, and they're all competing at an extraordinary level.
0: That's the they threshold for you? To her. Every yeah. player
1: is in the pit? <laughs> <laughs> in the pit. they can't find anyone in the nation <laughs> Hasn't listened. well i mean that to me
0: i'll tell you what for me is the pit era when we see on uh-huh. tv in the document a player use one of our terms and it is in mm. the document they the moment that happens yeah then Man. we're in pit era
1: i mean we're scratching at the door
0: I agree with you. It's going
1: to happen. I mean, they're keeping all these who in. To what end?
0: (laughs) This is not fantasy. We are building momentum in the way people view the show. More and more people are going to start viewing it like this. And now, because we're in the professional era players going into the game are looking for any resource they can get before they walk out of that limo. Mm-hmm. And that includes podcasts like ours. It includes books mm-hmm. like Amy Kaufman's Bachelor Nation. It includes a bunch of different media that's being created that really describes how the game operates, how the show operates, the history of it, all that kind of stuff. And I think at a certain point, somebody's going to say you or something, and they're just going to fucking leave it in. Either because they finally accept it, Or because they're just lazy. I don't
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) Or it comes at such an important moment that they don't want it to be cut or they can't cut around it, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, hard to picture. They could just dub over the word, show the back of someone's head. I love your, your, uh,
2: what's a word that rhymes? I
1: love your juju.
0: <laughs> Whatever term it is first, I think it will have to be kind of a fun one like huju. I don't think they'd ever put PTC in the game because it kind of lays bare the idea that these people talking about these horrible things that have happened in their life is just a play in a game. I think it's going to have to be less about game mechanics and more about just like a fun term to describe this yeah. fun thing in the show. But we'll see. And finally, on Tuesday's episode, we did a deep dive into the Instagram accounts of the first 18 players of Thurston's season. It has been brought to our attention numerous times that some of those players did not make the final cut now that all of the players have been introduced formally by the show. One of those players was Bao Wu. For those lamenting Wu's apparent exclusion from this season, we would have you all reach back as far as you can in your minds to bachelorette season 16 and bachelor season 25 the only other covid bubble seasons in existence if you recall each of these seasons featured new players being added to the player pool mid-season who were not on the original player list Statistically speaking, with Thurston's season also being a COVID bubble season, there is a 100% likelihood that they will do the same thing here, bringing in Wu among other players. And even if that's not the case, the producers could be saving Wu for Bachelorette season 18 that starts shooting in just a few months.
1: If my instinct that he was in the original Claire Crawley player pool and then he's in this one, and he just like keeps being the substitute player bears out, like. Poor Bao Wu. <laughs> he's just He's like, I can't publicly date anyone because I'm always waiting in the wings. Um, I mean, we already know there's going to be a player on the season that they haven't announced, like Moines. Also, I realize maybe we should have done a spoiler alert about that, but sorry, Pit.
0: I feel like that's common fucking knowledge at this point.
1: It's common knowledge in the deep pit. <laughs> social media that we're in we know
0: that spoiler alert sorry we know Blake (laughs) Moynes is coming in in a Heather Martin style crashing of the season so if that's true literally they brought in more players in Claire Crawley Tasha Adams season they brought in more players in Matt James season this structurally is going to be exactly the same as those seasons Mm -hmm. in terms of being in a bubble having the group dates
1: travel they need something they need a twist they need a JV and a varsity. Um,
0: so we shall see, but I don't think Bao Wu is gone. I, his social media is no. too good. People really like him. P- people have, like, this is one of the most frequent messages I got since we did our thing. In the past two yep. days, I've gotten, I don't even know, 100 DMs. Bao Wu didn't make the final cut. Bao Wu didn't make the final cut. I can't believe it. People love him. I don't people think love the producers. Him. No
1: one messaged us about the cop, but the cops. It. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. So I think because people like him so much, the producers must be aware of that. I don't think they're going to squander Bao Wu. I think he'll be in the show.
1: I look forward to watching him play.
0: As do I. But that does it for Badger Nation news this week. Now we're moving on to. Some plays that our favorite players made off the field on their cellular telephonic devices. Those are their access points to the primary world where we all now live as we piecemeal upload into a purely digital existence as immortal data avatars.
1: This episode is brought to you by HP. Whenever you do your best thinking, the HP Spectre X360 is ready when inspiration strikes. With power save for battery life and focus mode to multitask, you can do your best thinking whenever and wherever it happens. You can't always schedule when and where you might have a brilliant thought, whether it's in the morning or before bed, when you're at your computer or away from it. Thinking can happen anywhere and anytime.
0: The HP Spectre X360 2-in-1 convertible PC with Windows 10 saves battery life for whenever an idea hits you. HP
1: Spectre X360, a more thoughtful laptop. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up, season 23 ring winner Cassie Randolph graduated with her speech language pathology degree and made an eight slide post to commemorate the occasion. It included several still images of Randolph in her graduation taught at the beach, popping champagne, as well as a couple short videos of her recreating what an actual non-COVID graduation would have been like. Graduation music plays as she marches across the beach and gives a pageant wave in one. In another, her mother pretends to give her a hood, which is really just a tied sweater, as presumably her father narrates caption reads it's official yesterday i became cassandra randolph ms slp now to earn my cccs it's hard to believe grad school is over i have definitely shed some sentimental tears thinking about this chapter of my life officially coming to a close dot 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 400 plus clock hours six different internships many stress tears intense study sessions exams etc at the end she says love you all I'm feeling a bit sentimental right now if you can't tell. Anywho, I'm a grad school grad. Class of 2021, we did it. Celebration emoji. She got congratulations comments from some heavy hitters in the nation, including DLH, Raven Gates, Lauren Lyandike, Caitlin Bristow, and Heather Martin. This is a very strong 4TRR family play. An excellent move in Randolph's professional good girl archetype storylines, which she began on her night one during Colton Underwood's season, in which she taught Underwood some sign language for Rose and Kiss during their mini date. By the way, my research into this found that apparently she did not do the correct signs for some of these. The post has 248,011 likes and 1,500 comments.
0: Congratulations go out to Cassie Randolph and another congratulation goes out to night one girl Cassandra Suarez who made a 15 second TikTok this week. In it she lip syncs a viral TikTok audio clip originally from the classic teen show Skins in a conversation with herself. Have you ever been in love? I don't think so. Do you want me to describe it to you? Then a gentle instrumental song a cover of Kanye West's Runaway plays over fun short day in the life clips of katie thurston including dances mask wearing kiss faces and one in which a filter portrays the next crown completely bald it's short simple and perhaps conveys more of thurston's personality than the official bachelorette promos do the tiktok has 131.7 thousand views and 15.1 thousand likes strong play from a night one girl
1: She's made a couple very strong TikToks. That one about her going, night, going home night one with her sister was also very strong.
0: That was on her sister's TikTok account.
1: Yeah. She so, didn't even have it on
0: her own. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's been some errors along the way. She's
0: doing well. it for the love of the game. She doesn't even want to yeah. boost up her own TikTok.
1: I mean, attaching herself to the next crown, she was in the San Diego picks, etc., is this another grocery store, Joe? I don't know. Just putting it out there. She was in my final four and she was a night one girl, so I'm heavily biased. <laughs>
2: you keep <laughs> tabs her, on everything
1: re- she does. I want a yeah. redemption storyline.
0: <laughs> she's going to become the next GOAT like 10 years from now. She's You're yeah. like, and Cassandra Suarez finally has taken her rival
1: position as GOAT. Yeah, Hall of Fame, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Who would have guessed These were both excellent plays, both Randolph and Suarez, but there can only be one winner. And this winner was related to engagement season. Sarah Heron, who was on the 17th Bachelor season, Sean Lowe, who has 288,000 followers, posted a reel commemorating her engagement to Dylan Brown, who has 18.9K. It starts with a direct-to-camera address by Heron. I don't know how to say this, but... Then the song You Are the Best Thing by Ray Lamontagne plays, and we see footage of the proposal. Brown proposes to Heron by the river. Their dog creature in a little vest comes up behind them. He grabs her and pulls her into a standing hooju. Then we see quick cuts of their friends celebrating the engagement with them. The whole thing feels very real and for TRR. She's not heavily made up. They're both wearing river shoes. The reel has 351,000 views, 25K likes, 466 comments. Congratulations to both Brown and Heron on their engagement and on their simple but powerful parasocial play. I love Sarah Heron's Instagram content. I think she is One of the best, even though she comes from basically before the Instagram era. This play was super simple, but I think in the Instagram era, we're so used to these proposals being heavily, heavily staged. You know, a Caitlin Bristow, Jason Tardick proposal, for instance. And this one felt at least conveyed this IRL vibe.
0: Totally. And do you know anything about her man's? Do you know anything about Dylan H. Brown?
1: I know he's in the 18K club.
0: He is almost <laughs> in the 19K club at 18.9. He's a filmmaker. He's a photographer. He's a drone pilot. And let me just tell you what vibes you Ooh. get from his little Instagram. Dini babies. He's like a Dini babies light. He's pretty good. He's got some pretty good travel photography. There's shots of him Mm. and Sarah Heron, like, in an SUV, in the back of a truck, kind of like the van. It's a very similar vibe to what Kalen Miller-Keys and Deanie Babies got going on. It's not quite that level of polish, but.
1: Leslie Murphy, also from that season, is also engaged to a drone pilot. Everybody's
0: a drone pilot. What is
1: going on here?
0: I pilot a few drones every once in a while. Oh. I made a whole series of weird drone movies for my 40th birthday, which you saw. Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that. Those were funny.
0: But I love this guy's Instagram, and I really like their vibe. It is very much a Kalen Miller Keyes, Deanie Babies kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, they do a lot of outdoor activities and stuff. They're always in beautiful locations. And... I don't know. Some t- She has a t- shit ton of SpawnCon on there, but it still feels 4TRR to me.
0: It's totally 4TRR, primarily because this man is not from within the nation, and he's not a professional athlete, and he's not a famous person. He's just some <laughs> guy who flies drones around, you know? I think anytime somebody from within the nation finds love, commits to that relationship with somebody who has nothing to do with the entertainment industry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It is inherently perceived as, as more for TRR, you know, and I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that the other relationships are 4 TWR Sydney no. Hightower marrying a NFL player or either of the Ferguson uh, sisters marrying pro hockey players. I'm not saying that's not 4 TR either, but there is something about like, Oh, I'm famous. You're famous. That it's like, mm-hmm. that can be an area of genuine connection, but also There's something a little bit there that's like, we can be influencers together. And you don't get that with uh, Sarah Heron's guy here.
1: No, he probably has those numbers because he's attached to her. Could be. But
0: congrats to Sarah Heron on not only the engagement, but on this prestigious Parasocial Play of the Week (laughs) award that we are bestowing upon her. And that wraps up our Parasocial Plays. Now it is time for Pace Case and I to cut the rope and fall to the bottom of the pit, where we issue forth our (laughs) screams into the sky, hoping that anyone will hear us and save us from
1: ourselves. This is Screams Screams from from the Pit! pit. Clues, as you know, for my... Big birthday week last week for Twibbon. I pitched you two reality shows that I'm very into these days, Love Island and Temptation Island. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I never received such a high volume of tids about almost anything as I did in regards to Temptation Island. There were people in the pit who are already fans. There were people who were like, oh, I went into this and watched it because of you. Someone messaged me that Mark L. Wahlberg does a Tam Sig, a take a moment and say your goodbyes, which Mm. I realized he does do. There is a little similar DLH stuff that he does and the first iteration of Temptation Island was around exactly the same time as the beginning of Bachelor. But I began to feel a level of guilt receiving so many messages about Temptation Island because I was like, I am now promoting this show. I'm creating a new pit, the TI pit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know how I feel about that because it's, you know, part of what I like about the show is the premise is like kind of fucked up.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So, this is my scream. I am somehow creating another pit. I have mixed feelings about it. I'm probably (laughs) going to drag more people into it, even with this scream. So, what is my life? This is my screen. As many
0: messages as you got, I certainly got a fraction of them also telling me I have to start watching Temptation Island after you did oh my your
1: God. your
2: scream
0: from the last week or your state of the world from the last week. So I, wow. I can only assume that you're getting a massive amount as well. But I think I'm going to have to start watching. The long and short of it is your state of the world combined with your screams from the pit are going to pull me into that pit that oh you have created.
1: God. It's so powerful. Time is a flat circle. You're already in the Temptation Island pit. You just don't know it.
0: I was born in it, and I've died in it, and I'm still here.
1: I'm excited for you to see the Tamsig.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm curious to know what his phrase is. My scream from the pit this week involves the game of poker, a game of chance, some would say, a game of skill, others would say, still others would say, it is a game of both, a mixture of the two. I was invited To an online poker game that was a birthday party for someone I worked with many, many years ago. Hmm. I hadn't seen this guy. I hadn't seen all the other guys that we worked with in, I don't know when the last time I saw these guys was, a long time ago. So we get on this Zoom and we get into our little poker game and we're just kind of shooting the shit. Filling each other in on our lives. What have you been up to? What have you been up to? That quickly turns into a conversation about sports. All of these guys play fantasy football and they know details about all the different football players that are on their teams and all the different teams and all this kind of shit at a a level that's like, not as much as we know about the bachelor, but like, it's close. They're in a football pit for sure. And right now is the off season. And the draft just happened and trades are happening and all this. So they're talking about, each of them, what players they want to get on their fantasy league this next year and Mm -hmm. what they're willing to trade and which players have this quarterback rating and who had the most passing yards last week. All this shit. Mm -hmm. Just a cascading conversation of numbers and names for that game. Uh And so I stealthily okay. interjected some numbers and names from my game into the conversation, <laughs> and I tried to do it in a way that was like at first <laughs> innocuous that they wouldn't notice what the fuck I was doing.
1: Oh my God,
0: <laughs> they were talking about how uh things are changing in football, specifically with regard to the Washington football team changing its mascot after however many years mm. of having like this racist mascot, and so I chimed in and I was like, "Yeah. Things are changing. It's a new era, and they were like, "Yeah, I know. It's really crazy." Blah, blah blah blah. And I'm like, "I mean, we got our first professional players just last season," and they were like, "What?" That made no sense to them. Obviously, footballs had professional players for 75 years or whatever. And so then I just fucking steamrolled it. They were like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Well, Hannah Sluss and Madison Pruitt. Those are the first professional players we ever seen." And they came in in first place and runner up. That's unheard of. And it clearly marks a shift in the game and they were like
1: anyone watch The Bachelor
0: no absolutely (laughs) not they know what it is but they don't know like anyone's name (laughs) and so I was like well yeah they're you know we've never seen players like them and they're like who are you talking about and then I had to come clean and be like well it's The Bachelor you guys have your sport I have mine blah 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 but it's the same thing and it was just like no takers, eye rolls, fucking <laughs> laughter. It was no one allowed oh. me to indulge even in the basic premise that The Bachelor is a sport as popular or as important or worthy of discussion as the National Football League. But I tried and I will continue to do that until I die.
1: I love the the stories where you try to subtly interject this information into other conversations because it's not they take it as absurd but it's not mm-hmm. absurd what they're they're talking about fantasy football they're not playing football they're not whatever yeah. these numbers don't mean anything and they don't mean anything more than your numbers do uh, exactly i just love it it's like a you just
0: <laughs> and then i didn't relent either. some sort
1: of animal meme where like the cat goes into a group of dogs and like thinks it's a dog you know it's like that <laughs>
0: I I kept it going like when I could cuz the, the, a lot of the conversation was just about football like almost the entire night you know some stuff would be about like their families and their kids and what people were doing or whatever but football mm. was kind of like the the primary subject And at one point they started talking about quarterback ratings, which is a number assigned Uh to every quarterback that kind of ranks them in like how good they are. And so, of course, I come out with our our RQ ratings, our our rose quotients. And I'm like, well, you know, Caitlin Bristow has the best rose quotient uh, in the history of the game. It's sub one. So, you know, she's probably like she's the best at getting those uh, high value roses and they're uh. just like fucking oh jesus like some people were having oh. almost violent reactions against my attempt to <laughs> interject these <laughs> these bachelor stats into the football conversation
1: may i ask what is the intention when you are doing this is it to get them in the pit is it to, is it to come up with a scream for the scream from the pit for this week what are you hoping
0: no for me it is to have validation from my peers that the game I follow carries as much weight as the game they do. And Mm. cause that to me is like a tipping point in basically our thesis, which is this is a fucking professional sport. And if I can get like beer drinking bro dudes that I've known for 15 years to accept that the bachelor is a sport on the same level that the sports they watch is on, then I, that's like a victory. That's like a, a kind of proof of concept for what we're even doing here. And I approach it with a some levity. Clearly I'm trying to make them yeah. laugh and shit like that, but there's truth behind it too. And when you can back it up with statistics, like they don't understand the context of any of our statistics because they don't watch the fucking show. They don't even know mm-hmm. what a first impression rose is, let alone that mm-hmm. the first flower is statistically a more beneficial rose than the fimp. All that said, I think that like couching the game we watch in a language that at least structurally is very similar to the language used to describe other sports it gives you that ability to like at least open the door and be like, I see my thing in the same way you see yours. And so they have to be kind of similar, you know. And that's my, my intention with it. Also, it makes me laugh because mm-hmm. I like people's reactions yeah. to it, especially <laughs> dudes that are like on fantasy football teams and shit, you know. And then you bring this yeah. shit up and they're just like, come on, dude.
1: We're it's- talking about real stuff. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're still incorporating levity since it hasn't quite broken through our thesis into the main nation, but it will it's soon. It's about to. It In is January. about to.
0: We got some big guns coming that I think are going to really push that fucking door open. But that is it. Thank you so much for listening to our screams from the pit. And feel free, by the way, anyone out there who wants to start injecting a little bit of our lexicon into conversations about sports. All you got to do is let two or more people who have a conversation about football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever sport they may be talking about. You just stand idly by and you let them talk about it for two or three minutes. You say nothing. And then Mm -hmm. when it gets to a point where they're talking about who the best player on a team is, where they're issuing statistics to support any of their claims, Uh you just start throwing in your own numbers and names It's a seamless transition in the beginning, and it will take them two or three seconds to even understand that you're not talking about their game. And then that (laughs) leads you straight into the conversation of The Bachelor being a professional sport.
1: Yeah. I mean, ideally, you're wearing your 4TRR shirt, then you can just point to it and be like, well, here's (laughs) the main rule, and you have your whole (laughs) fun party thing. This is great for your first gathering with your friends. You haven't seen them in over a year in person with no masks really uh spice things up for the new world
0: <laughs> at any rate thank you once again for joining us this thursday for all of our screams all of those beautiful parasocial plays all of that bachelor nation news and of course all of our ufo information that we disseminated mm-hmm. to you keep an eye on the skies we are about <laughs> to see some shit
1: it might be a UFO. It might be a drone by one of the partners of a bachelor nation. <laughs> <players>. <laughs> Hard to say.
0: <laughs> it's either UFO or Sarah Heron's fiance. We can't be yeah. sure. But uh, yeah. thank you again, everyone. And thanks, as always, for all the tids. And thanks for all of the covers you're sending in we are thinking about putting together an episode that is just those because we have so many of them and we can never get through all of them if we just play one per episode so be on the lookout for that and as always before we go what is that dwab at
1: it has been 6,996 days without an Asian bachelor praise be our beloved game
2: Please.
0: Please review this podcast.
2: Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you
0: ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin and that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in.
1: Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.